Salon Podcast. I'm Amy Clark Spain. And I'm Brittany Robertson. And we're glad you're with us. And we're so happy to have a special guest today, Brittany. I've been itching to get my friend Brooke on here for a while. And we were finally able to do that. And Amy and I were just talking a few minutes before we, we got Brooke on the line about all the thousands of questions that we could ask her. And we promise that we will not drill her with questions, but we, we've got a lot of things we want to pick her brain about. So I want to give you a real brief introduction to Brooke and let her kind of tell a little bit of her story. When I started Instagramming, I hate using that word, but when I started Instagramming, one of my cousins, we were talking about some different things, fixing up our home and stuff like that. And he said, well, you should follow my friend Brooke and Henry on Instagram. So they've got this account and they're actually doing amazing and they're they're kind of flipping houses and building a house. And so I go look them up and they're in Kingsport, Tennessee, which is local to us. And they've got probably at that time, Brooke, you probably had close to 100,000 followers. And I was like, oh my gosh, how did I not know about her? So to make a really, really long story short, Brooke and her husband, Henry, have a blog slash business called Plank and Pillow. And they have built, and I'm going to brag because I know Brooke and she's humble and she's not going to, she's not going to brag, but they've built an incredible business simply with, and I say simply, that's probably not the right word, but they've built this with grit and hard work and just kind of blazing a trail that isn't necessarily blazed, especially in this area. So I'm going to let Brooke kind of tell you a little bit about what they do, and then we're just going to start picking her brain apart. Okay. Hello, girls, and hello, everyone out there. Um, so this is new to me. I've never been on a podcast before. So I'm excited about telling you a little bit about our journey. Uh, so we actually started, well, we've always had a love for our homes. Goodness. I mean, when we even when we first got married, we chose to do like a, a rent-to-own home because at that time we couldn't afford much, but we Really, we're excited about fixing that up. And of course, we did mostly all of the work our, ourselves. We couldn't afford anything else. And so we, you know, did different things inside on the interior and exterior. And really, it all started there. And then a couple of years after I'd had my daughter, our first child, we decided to build our first home. And I'm not sure what we were thinking because we knew nothing about building, but we thought, you know, let's take this risk. And let's do it. And so at that time, basically, we sold our home that we actually made a little bit of profit off of. And so that was exciting. And we put that down on our first build, moved to an apartment and build our first home with the help of my father, which he taught Henry a lot of what he does know. And so that was kind of the first of our journey. And then years later, of course, after building a couple more homes, which we knew that we loved doing this, I actually chose to stay home with my second child. And so a few years after that, Henry said, you know, why don't we start like a blog, you know, and talk about these different projects that we do and building and DIYs and all of this. And I thought, oh, you're crazy. I mean, that just wasn't Especially at that time, I thought, mm, I don't know, a blog, I guess, you know, and I was actually kind of looking for something to, at that time, like I said, I chose to stay home with my son. So I was looking for something not to do, basically, because I had plenty of things to do, but just something of my own. And so at that time, and that's when we started plankandpillow.com. And then as we started the Instagram account as well, and then it just kind of started from there. So, you know, over a year's time, we put a lot of work into it, knowing, you know, we're just going to give all this information that we know as much as we know out there and just kind of see what it does. And then it started to grow, which was really exciting. 
And then companies started to contact us. So then really, that's where it all started. So the business, and, and that's one thing I've learned myself personally, and I, you know, Brooke and, and Henry are people that I look to routinely on guidance and advice for kind of managing a brand and business. But really and truly, they have built their business on exceptional quality as far as photos and content and brands have started taking notice. So Brooke, do you want to talk for a second about maybe some of the collaborations that you've been able to, to have, maybe what those collaborations have allowed you to do? Yes. So um, at first, when we first started and you're smaller, those collaborations, when companies start contacting you, and of course, we contacted some as well as we were building, we thought, well, why don't we start contacting some companies for product? So when you are a smaller account and you're, you know, you haven't really had the time to grow, the perfect way to start, which is the way we did, was collaborating with companies for product only. And um, they were, you know, really eager to do that. I think, you know, when you have, they see that you've taken the time and the effort that you put, you know, Instagram account, you know, with beautiful photos and, you know, taking the time to answer your audience, you know, with the questions they have, things like that, they're going to look at you and say, wow, you know, yeah, we would love someone to be promoting our product that has, even if it's a smaller following, it's a loyal following. These people, you know, they really care about their followers. And so we were, it was pretty easy to get product only contracts. And then of course, as our account grew, we were able then to negotiate paid contracts and collaborations. So I know Brooke and Henry have a really strong Instagram following. And I was trying to pull it up as we were talking, because again, I know Brooke's not going to say it. They're right now sitting at 280,000 Instagram followers, which is just insane. And I, I originally found them on Instagram myself, but I know after having conversations with them, that's really not your bread and butter, is it, Brooke? No, it's not. Actually, our blog, which is plankandpillow.com, is really where we, I mean, I'm not gonna say it gets more traffic, but I mean, we get quite a bit of traffic on there. I think we get around 300 or so page views a month, 300,000, I'm sorry, page views a month. Of course, that's growing very steadily every month. So, you know, we, we definitely do advertisement on there. And we, we try to write three to four blog articles at least a week, if not more. Yeah. And that was something Amy and I were talking about this earlier. And I know Amy has some questions specifically too. You guys really use Pinterest a lot, correct? We do. So basically we try to use Pinterest. So any article that we publish, we make sure, of course, that it's got good photography in it. And a lot of times those photographs will be used for Instagram as well. So we'll, like if we're doing a project or, you know, a specific article, we'll make sure and take plenty of photographs that have to do with that article. And then we will pin those, you know, pictures from our blog article to Pinterest, as well as like Instagram stories, as well as maybe even a post on Instagram. Right. So what are some things, and this is just, well, and I was going to hear, I'm going to pull Plank and Pillow up again to brag. When, when she's talking about Pinterest specifically, they've got 59,000 followers on, in, on Pinterest and 10 million plus monthly views. And if you were to follow them on Pinterest, you're going to see that a lot of their <laughs> posts have a similar theme. I mean, it's superb photography, but it's also offering helpful content. And I, I feel like Brooke and Henry are kind of masters at that. And if you look at their blog posts and even some of the stuff they share on Instagram, they are always offering some sort of value, whether it's helping you choose a paint color or helping you to, you know, decide which landscaping techniques and things to use. So do you want to talk a little bit about that process, Brooke, about how you guys come up with the content that you're going to post and write blog articles for? How do you kind of, how do you come up with that content? Is there a formula that you follow or a method that you have, or is it just kind of pulling it from, from your brains? A couple of things that we do. 
of course, if we're doing a project, a DIY, that's like right now we're doing a flip house. And so in the middle of that, there's going to be, you know, several DIY projects. So we will share those because we're doing those. Maybe even put out a plan to go along with that. We have plans on our blog. And so we sell those. You know, if you want a printable plan to follow along with the instructions. So, of course, we'll, you know, publish that DIY. But something else that we look at is, you know, what kind of questions do we continue to get? So if there's a question that continues to come up um, amongst our followers, then I'll take that question a lot of times and then I will do a blog article that really goes into more uh, detail and really goes in more depth about that particular topic. That way, you know, I mean, I can answer on Instagram stories, but I really can't go in depth in there. So I like to take a blog article and I can answer that question. And that way they can always, you can always be there. And then as it will also get Google traffic as well. So, so one of the things I've noticed is that your videos and Brittany mentioned this before, your videos are so clean and they're so easy to follow and they make, your products look so appealing in terms of, you know, I can do this. I watched Brittany do one of these in her stories when you put together the the swing, Brittany, the, the porch swing. So I, I know that's one of the things that works because that worked for me. Like I thought I can do this too. You know, I, I this looks, you know, I could get these products from them and I could put this together. So I, I know the power of good video and good photography. My question is, did you start to grow as a result of what you were doing on social or did the social come after? How? What factor did that play in the growth of your business? So, yes, I think photography is really important. At first, we really focused on that. You know, I think um, at that time, of course, the algorithm in Instagram, you know, changes a lot. So at that time that we had started posting beautiful pictures, of course, was how a picture may get popular. And at that time, you know, if a picture gets popular, then it shows it to more people. And then of course, then that will help you gain followers. So that was more how it worked at that time. And then we saw Instagram moving into more of a trend of stories. So when we started, stories weren't, I don't even remember if they were a thing. I think they might've been a thing, but it wasn't anything big. People really didn't get on there. And so now stories are a way, I think that you can show, you know, behind the scenes type thing, the process more, and stories are now more how you grow more so than just the beautiful photography. But yes, when we started, that was definitely something that we focused on. You're making this sound really easy. And <laughs> I'm listening to everything you're saying. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to be doing this, 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 this. But I will tell our audience, one of the things that I respect most about Brooke is and Henry is how they have structured and run their business. We know with an Instagram slash blog slash social media business, I know this and 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 know by experience of how just time consuming it is. But I think this also applies for anyone who works for themselves or has a side hustle. It is so easy to get sucked in and become a slave to what you do. I know that it can be a overwhelming and sometimes almost, I know Brooke and I've had these conversations before where we say, oh my gosh, I just want to throw my phone in the river. So to have a business as successful as your all's, can you talk for a few minutes about how you set boundaries and how you guys have learned to make this work for you? And I know it's been a process. I know it's been something you're probably still finessing, but working for yourselves, how are you making that work and keep your sanity? Wow, uh, that's a great question. And we still have yet to get there as far as, you know, really um, a great schedule because obviously, and you know, Brittany, this is something that can suck you in all hours of the day. So, and of course, Henry and I both are coming from like a nine to five job. We 
of course, both quit our jobs and, you know, going into something totally new, owning your own business. And at that, you know, a lot of it's on your phone, which is in front of you all hours of the day. So I think it's really just being mindful of, you know, work hours. And that's what we're trying to do better, you know, at that. But we try to really cram in all we can. Now we just have one in school because we sent one off to college. But while he's in school, so when I drop him off from the time you know, I drop him off until I go get him at three. I'm trying to cram everything in I can. And then when I get him, yes, I will come back to my computer and work some, especially if he's, you know, playing ball or has ball practice, something like that. But really just trying to cut cut it off at a certain point. And even scheduling posts, things like that. Like if we were going to do a, an evening post, going ahead, going ahead and scheduling that and having it done, that way we're not worrying about, you know, having to post at nine o'clock at night things like that, but really just learning to cut it off. You know, that DM can be answered the next day, the next morning. That uh, email can be answered the next morning. I don't have to do stories of our whole entire day or life that evening. If I want to record something, I'll just post it the next day, something like that. There is that pressure maybe to to feel like you have to show up all the time. And I know I talked with Brooke one day about this and she said, you know, we typically have our best interaction slash story views slash engagement. I think, Brooke, you said the weekends through like Monday or Tuesday. Is that correct? Yes. And that's so hard because obviously that's not when we want to be working. Who wants to work on a Saturday or Sunday? That It's very challenging to figure that out. So I have really learned because we still do keep those days because it's our highest traffic day to post, for instance, like DIYs on or do collaborations and post them on those days. But a lot of times I'll go ahead and film those throughout the week and then basically pre-record them and then just go ahead and put them up on Saturday or Sunday. And sometimes I don't do that, but I just make sure that maybe it don't take so long or whatever I need to do, I have it planned out. And then I kind of plan family activities around that. Maybe like, you know, our son sleeps till 11 o'clock. So if on Saturday morning I get up and get it all done before 11 o'clock, then I've got the rest of the day to be with him. Well, and I, I thought it was just really, I mean, it was smart um, when, when we had this conversation and you were talking about doing that and having to work on the weekends. A, you make it work and you, you know, getting up early and pre-scheduling things, but I also felt like that was just a smart business move. Know when your audience is there. It may not be ideal for you, but you figured out a way to work, but use that time and do your work and then take the other times off. It's it's knowing where your audience is and meeting them there and then also trying to set up a system that works for you guys so that no, you're not spending your entire weekends working your tail off, but you you also have to show up then for your metrics. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's so smart is planning ahead and schedule. I've been listening a lot about you know pre-planning and and scheduling posts and things like that. Do you think that your high traffic on the weekends is because that's when people are doing their project? I think so, because we even see a spike in traffic on our DIY printable plans on the weekends. So you are completely e-commerce right now, right? You don't have a brick and mortar. You're, you're e-commerce. We do not, but maybe coming soon. So we'll Oh, <laughs> exciting. New things maybe after the first of the year. We'll see. Let's get the, uh, we're trying to do one project at a time. So the flip house, once we get that finished, hopefully by the end of the year and then new things to come um, for the new year, we hope. Well, I didn't want to mention that, but since you let the cat out of the bag, you've got plans, not necessarily anything set in stone, but ways to grow your business. And that is one thing I think that it's important to bring out too, because I know there's a lot of women that listen to this podcast. I will watch people start businesses or pursue these ventures. And I'm like, oh, I just want to do that. I want to do that. 
But what I don't think we always realize is there's a lengthy process that went into getting to this point. You would have never, Brooke, seven years ago or imagined trying to open up a store or I just know that that would, was not on your radar, but yet you're allowing it to have organic growth. It's amazing. And of course, sometimes I'm just like, okay, seriously, God, have you really brought us this far? And it's been amazing because I mean, we had so many dreams. Of course, we've always been dreamers, Henry and I both. I mean, and we, and Henry's definitely more of a risk taker than I am. So that's helped with this. I've kind of learned just to be like, okay, sure. You know, and just go along with it. But, and it seems to normally work out, but it's even like he's quitting his job. When he quit his job at Eastman, I thought, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> I was like, but, you know, being supportive and then of course, lots of prayers, I think. And then I hopped on board and I thought, well, life's too short. So let's do this. And we did. And it just seems like ever since we've definitely taken risk. And of course, opening a store, if that's something, it is something we're looking into. It's, it's definitely a, um, one of those risks that I'm like, okay, is this really going to work? But Again, I look back over the past few years, I never thought that a blog would work either. I never thought this would be our main source of income as a blog. So pretty excited. I think definitely keeps things interesting too, um, having different goals and things that you can look forward to. So uh, we're excited. We're excited to see what might happen in the next year. But you were right, Brittany, looking back for sure, we never thought that the blog, Instagram account, anything that you know we have done would be where it is today. But you started, you started somewhere, you started from the bottom, you started with an idea and you, you know, you kept working at it and you've really become masters of your craft. And I know that's something that Amy and I have talked about, just having our own little small businesses learning about all the different pieces involved. And I know that you and especially Henry are masters of that, of just being able to research. And, you know, I know Henry is kind of the, I don't know, what would I call him? The brainchild of the for sure. <laughs> the, what would you call? I, I'm trying to think of the word. Someone that deals with all the techie stuff. I was telling a company yesterday. I was meeting with a company, and fortunately, Henry couldn't be sitting in on the meeting because he was at a project working. And I said, "Well, sorry, you get me today." And they were laughing about it. I said, "I think I'm just the helper. I think he just pretty much. Well, I might be the planner and the helper. Maybe I try to keep us on schedule." And plan out what we need to do, but he's definitely the brains and the doer as far as the projects and. Again, I feel like just the helper, you know? know. You're not giving yourself enough credit, but uh, I think you guys are a really, really good duo. If someone is just starting out or someone has been trying their e-commerce business for a year and they're still sort of struggling to find their footing, I guess you'd have to analyze what they were doing already. But what are some of the pitfalls that you, if you had to do it over, if you were starting out again, what would you avoid? I know there are those little things like taxes and things that we don't think about early on, but what were some of the greatest pitfalls looking back that that you would avoid now? I mean, I feel like we did this to a certain extent, but I think we could have done it so much better. But being consistent, I mean, going into it, knowing, I mean, I think we knew up front, okay, this is going to take a while before we even think about money into this business. So it's a little different. I mean, you're not instantly making money. You know that that will come later on. But at first, you know, your your gratification or I guess your feeling of success is just people enjoying what you're doing and helping others, which, right, that's not a paying job. So, you know, that's a little different. But being consistent because that consistent consistency will pay off eventually. So it means that you have to treat it like a job 
in order to make it your job. Have you built community around this business? Do you have a community? Would you say, have you embraced, is part of your story, I guess, with Plank and Pillow, does does where you live factor into your story? You you know how Joanna Gaines and Chip Gaines, you know, it's, it's a Texas thing. They're in Texas and that's part of their story and their culture and the the landscape and all of that. Has, has that been something that you've embraced being in Appalachia or being in the South? Here it would be embracing that it's a wide open field, I guess you would say, meaning there's not many people doing what we do, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. the remodeling of homes is wide open. So when we do something, it's very different. And a lot of people at first will look at that as, oh my gosh, like really, are they doing this? You know, a lot of companies that we order things are really like, you're going to put those type of windows in, you're really doing this. But then once we do it, people are like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. maybe that is going to look good, that type of thing. So there's not a lot of development where we live, things like that. So it's just like a wide open place. Like we want to bring things that we see other places we love to travel. And so the different things that we see other places, I don't know. I think it's that we're more trying to bring them here. Does that make sense? And I see that in you all. And that's exciting to have that and to have people that are doing that and interested in investing in this area as far as, you know, just new things and different things. Um, I love that. And one of the goals of us opening a store, you know, because we could obviously go to Johnson City or, of course, you know, live in Kingsport, a smaller town, you know, or we could go, we could move somewhere else and open a store where we think that we may get more clientele. But Instead, we want to bring that here. So when we like remodel a home or we build a home, we want to bring, I guess, the feel and the look of maybe things that we saw other places to our smaller town, hoping that people will love it and hoping that people will be able to get ideas from us and be able to use what we're doing and say, oh, wow, we can do that on our home or wow, that inspired us to build this DIY that you did. So, and we've noticed that we do have a lot of local followers. So that's awesome. And a lot of people that we know have, you know, oh, we follow, you know, we follow you, we follow this project and it inspired us to do this and this. And I guess it's more of bringing not so much of what is here that has inspired us, but other places that's inspired us to bring the ideas back here to our hometown. And you all do that exceptionally well. So I'm excited to to watch you all continue to grow. It's exciting to see entrepreneurs like yourself that you're just encouraging, you're inspiring, you're putting good stuff out there. And I'm not just talking about the work that you do. I'm talking about your, you know, you're sharing your testimony as you go. And I mean, you all are just, you're doing amazing things. So yes, I know we're reaching the end of our time. And I know that Amy and I are dying on the inside because <laughs> I think this could last for like four hours. Yeah. But Brooke, I do want to ask you before we before we wrap this up, if you had one piece of advice that you could give to someone, because I know you were a teacher at some point, maybe someone who's in a job right now, but it's kind of secretly dreaming of this like side job, side hustle that they're interested in pursuing. What would you tell them? I would tell them to go for it, to pursue it. You know, we all have dreams, but those dreams cannot become reality until we just go for them. It does take time and it takes lots of work, but something, you know, we're encouraging to our kids right now, we have a, a 19 year old and a 15 year old. And, you know, uh, one of them is in college and she's loving college. One of them says he's not going to college, you know, and we're like, okay, so what do you love? What do you want to do? What's your passion? And he does have dreams. And so those dreams don't necessarily have to be a college route. Those dreams don't necessarily have to be something that is something that the world looks at as, oh, wow, you know, to them. But as long as they are your dreams, as long as it's something that you 
love and have passion about, go for it, pursue it. Because I mean, until you do, then it's just going to be a dream. So make it re- make it a reality. I'm ready to like, I don't know, go run a marathon. Go just, build a house. Go build a house. <laughs> go run a marathon. Um, I'm just, I'm pumped right now. So, well, Brooke, thank you so much. Yes. Uh, it's been such a pleasure getting to talk to you. And like I said, I'm already dreaming up round two of this, Amy, how we can bring her back. Um, feeling with, the same. With some more topics, because like I said, it's just, it's, it's, I felt like we were sitting on the porch just having coffee and, and chatting about important things. So it was a pleasure. We thank you it so was. much. We'll let you get back to work because we know you're busy. Well, thank you girls so much. It's been so fun. All right. Until we talk again, Brittany. All right. Bye guys. Bye. We'd like to tell you about a couple of our sponsors, Ivy Attic Company and Curated Social Strategy and Consulting. Ivy Attic Company's mother-daughter artisans craft sustainable jewelry and book charms from vintage books, glass, and organics. We specialize in custom designs inspired by our love of literature and the mountains. Browse our Etsy shop at Ivy Attic CO for our literary coal, river glass, and mustard seed collections, along with Riley's resin designs. You can connect with us through our links on the show notes. Curated Social Strategy and Consulting provides next-level social media for businesses and brands. Serving clients nationwide, Curated Social helps you tell your story. We believe that exceptional social media is client-focused, audience-centered, and begins with a curated and strategic approach. We offer customizable plans for our clients from social media content calendars to weekly consulting meetings to full account services. You can learn more about these services through the links in our show notes.